who doesn't love Copyblogger? I mean, really, been around since the dawn of the online era. Uh, Brian Clark and I have been friends for a really long time, and they have certainly set the standard on how to build a business, how to build a brand, how to take care of a community. So in this episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast, I catch up with Brian, and we just talk about a whole host of things. Why don't you sit in and listen with us? You don't want to miss it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Brian Clark. He is the CEO of Rainmaker Digital, founder of Copyblogger, host of Unemployable, and curator of Further. Brian, thanks for joining me. This is about your third time on at least. John, it's always good to be here. Always good to talk to you. Yeah, so you've got a lot going on in your world always, and then I just uh, we always enjoy. I think we forget there's an audience listening even sometimes, and uh, enjoy just kind of uh, chatting about uh, this online world that we've both been in for a long time. So, tell me what's new at Copyblogger and, and Rainmaker. Well, there's there's two big developments that have happened in the last uh, six months or so. Um, one was the launch of Studio Press sites. Um, for those that are familiar with Studio Press, it uh, was pretty much kind of the industry standard for WordPress themes for many, many years, powered by the Genesis framework, which is our design framework that makes WordPress more powerful and easier to use. And uh, that was uh, a company founded by Brian Gardner, who is a uh, principal here in Rainmaker Digital. That uh, we came together in 2010, uh, and that was part of our overall initiative to build uh, what became known as the Rainmaker platform. So, you know, as a bootstrap company without investors, we we always have to use uh, you know cash flow as our as our uh, development and and maintenance fund. So, Studio Press was a workforce workhorse, I should say, for. Um, Many years as we as we did development of Rainmaker, which was released in 2014, and then a couple years of rapidly trying to iterate that more ambitious uh, marketing automation website email total solution type thing. Um, so when we finally came up for air, uh, which was last fall, we started thinking about uh, an idea that we had had for several years, which was kind of the idea of a hybrid between an all-in-one solution like a Squarespace or a Wix, but without limiting all the, the functionality that you can do with WordPress. And it's a hard thing to do because what makes WordPress so powerful is, you know, just being able to use any plugin, right. any theme, mix and match, put it together uh, your own way. Uh, and of course, as an open source project, when you start mixing all these elements together from different sources, you have possible compatibility issues, you have security issues, you've got ease of use, who can you trust, who do you go for support, all that kind of stuff. So that's what we tried to solve with StudioPress sites, which is a little upmarket of, say, a Bluehost or an entry-level, uh, you know, thousand-on-a-box <laughs> type, right. very inexpensive uh, solution, uh, but still nowhere near uh, the higher pricing that you would see. So. That rolled out at the very beginning of February. Uh, we've been thrilled with the reception, even while 
we're taking in all the feedback and improving and, and trying to do the same thing there with rapidly making that uh, more in line with what we're hearing from our customers, which has been pretty good. And then, so there's that side of things. So that was our chance to revitalize Studio Press. Uh, the brand was always so important to us. Uh, but just again, by the nature of being a small bootstrap company, uh, even though we made it to eight figures in the last couple of years, uh, you know, you know how it is when you're running a small business, you, you choose your priorities and you focus, yeah. at least that's what we do. And that's the only way we've been able to make things work. Uh, so that was a, a, a revisiting of studio press, which we're really excited about on the rainmaker side. Uh, we evolved the platform, you know, it's kind of like HubSpot, if you will, that's the easiest way for people to understand what it is, but it was designed to be more accessible uh, and more affordable because we started with WordPress and then we tricked it out heavily uh, just as we do for our own sites. And so we got to thousands of customers and millions in recurring revenue. Uh, but we started seeing the writing on the wall, I'd say at least a year ago, where, again, you got to listen to your customers. And if there's frustration, if there is something standing in the way of your customer success, uh, you know, even if it's, it's their own staffing, it's their own uh, skill levels, anything, ultimately it becomes your fault, right? I mean, if you don't solve the customer's problem uh, and uh, provide a mechanism for success, and we saw people, uh, they were just, you know, running into roadblocks, whether it be content development, design, uh, any myriad of, of subset of that SEO, which, of course, you're, you're having a, a, a nice focus on, uh, custom development, all of that kind of stuff, we realized we needed to do that, even though from the beginning, that wasn't really what we aspired to do. We yeah. weren't trying to have a client type business. It was always at the, the customer level. Um, and the thing we found with that model to make it affordable and easy to use, you spend an incredible amount of time on onboarding documentation you know, just trying to figure out every possible way to keep uh, a paying customer on track and successful. And I think we did a pretty good job at that. But, you know, when you spend all your time on on that type of stuff, not all of it, but a substantial part, that's just taking away from development of new features. And uh, again, even beyond that, it was still uh, take my credit card. Why can't you just make me the content? Why can't you do design for me? Why can't you just set this up for me? Yeah, uh, it was amazing how you, much of that we got. You and I talked about this, you know, a couple of times, I think, uh, um, probably about a year ago that, that, I, and I think that's always going to be a challenge in, there are 700 million variables and how do you plan for everyone that every person wants, right? Cause everybody wants their, their, their thing. And, and in the end, like you said, everybody really just wants somebody to do it for them. <laughs> so, uh, um, you, you, you rainmaker, I think in, in, at the outset was incredibly ambitious. Um, so you've, you've, what's the right term? You, you've, uh, enhanced it. Is that the right term? Well, I think what we've done is, is listen to the market. Um, it's it's going to be a little bit upstream, not enterprise level, but certainly more than you know 150 bucks a month yep. Yep. <laughs> um, just for the platform. So um, we're going to create uh, just more bundled solutions as well as a la carte services. And we had started that. And again, you're right. We you and I had a conversation and 
because of course you have this network of, right. of talented consultants and uh, you know our friend Michael Port, same thing. So we're like there's some congruency here, um, and of course that's what HubSpot's model was, and and other similar platforms. They rely almost a hundred percent on agency reseller arrangements, right? Because right. they're the ones that they're the point of contact for the sale, but they're also doing the, the substantive work for them as well. So we had to consider: can, are, are we going to be a me too? As you know, again, we we didn't take a hundred million bucks <laughs> like HubSpot, uh, and we're not trying to go public. So for us, it made sense to, you know, why don't we make you know, powerhouse kind of hybrid agency where you have technology solutions, website, email, marketing automation, but also the creative services that back that up. Yeah, Everything from strategy, design, SEO, and whatnot. And, and really, when you think about it, I have two Rainmaker sites. I wouldn't go back to WordPress if you paid me. Just the interface alone of WordPress scares me sometimes <laughs> because I'm spoiled now with what we did with Rainmaker. And I've never had an issue but here's the difference. My Rainmaker sites were set up for me by someone on the team. My designs were done by Rafal. You know, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. it was seamless. Yeah. And I don't ever have a problem. I just go in there and I post my content and I do what I need to do. I send my emails. And it's wonderful. But I can imagine if I had to start from scratch, even with all the onboarding work we did, even with all the extensive documentation and videos and everything, you know, for me, I'd be like, just do this for me. My time is more important than my money, right? Now, imagine you've got someone in in a similar position to me, but they haven't been doing content marketing for 20 years. They need a whole lot more help than even I need. And that's just the reality of where we're at. Well, and I think the other thing that a lot of people really neglect, too, is, is I find increasingly – we used to live in a world where you could – Go get somebody to design your website, and then you could get a content producer to help you produce content, and then you could get an SEO person to uh, to SEO it all. <laughs> and I think we increasingly live in a world, uh, business and marketing world, where all that stuff has to be done together. Uh, that yeah. you know, developing your website is strategy now, and developing your content is strategy, and developing right. your SEO plan is strategy. And so, we've been preaching that for a while. You have. Yep. I know Lee Odin wrote a whole book about right. it. It is true. It is one thing. And I think people are coming around to understanding that. So that's one aspect of it. But then also look at, at where we're going uh, with consumers and prospects are expecting personalized experiences as long as you don't creep them out, mm -hmm. um, you know, with your automation and, and, and whatnot. And that is just adds another layer of complexity. So within the strategy, it's not just content and SEO and design. It's entire choose your own adventure sequences of if then then that so that you're creating not only from a conversion standpoint but from their perspective their experience of this is perfect this is for me without them ever knowing what's going on behind the scenes it's when you pull back the curtain on the wizard that people get creeped out by automation technology yeah. right so and that takes skill and that takes strategy and that's a whole new brave world. And, and there's, I don't think there's that many people on the planet who can say they're really good at that. But that's where we're going. Yeah, what's what's going to be the role? I'm going to go down a whole path I didn't know I was going to go down here. But what, what's going to be the role of AI in all of that? Well, that's the interesting question. And that uh, was another thing that kept me up at night. 
again, you know, we're a successful, profitable company, but we don't have a war chest. We don't have investors. And I started thinking, you know, we may be on the cusp of seeing the website radically. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the word here? Just, you know, when you think about it, websites have changed a lot in the last 20 years, sure. mainly by content, not by structure. We've had the same metaphors for navigation, uh, organization, some better than others, uh, user experience, interface. But if you if you look at how people use chatbots, and if that experience can get to true AI and plus machine learning on the fly, mm-hmm. that is the first chance I think we'll have where we see the website that's been with us since the 90s, essentially, radically reinvent. Now, you're still going to need content. You're still going to need design, everything. But you could get caught flat-footed as, you know, as a CEO of a company like mine if that change happens before we could adapt to it. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves losing customers, not making new sales because we, we just couldn't move fast enough. Now, I am encouraged because a lot of everything from chatbots to AI to even some machine learning stuff is being developed so that it can be plug and play. That's encouraging. But yeah. so... You, you, you start with your core platform and then you have something like Zapier for integrations and then we should be able to do anything. But it, it still returned to me that desire for it to be done for them. And then again, my own experience, would I take the time to do all this myself? That doesn't make sense to a person in my position right now. So if you're just starting out and you don't need all the bells and whistles, hey, we got Studio Press for that. But eventually people who are successful, I think are going to have to look long and hard about what is the next level of experiential marketing and personalization that people are going to start expecting because the the leading edge companies are going to start doing it and then it's going to start becoming expected. To answer your question on that, uh, as far as timing, I don't know. What do you think about that, John? I mean, how fast do you think the potential for change is happening given the rapid acceleration in AI technology. Well, I think it's going to be like a lot of things. Remember how long we talked about mobile is coming? Mobile is I made coming. that comment just today. <laughs> Every year since 98 was the year of mobile. Ah. And it didn't really happen until the iPhone 2007. <laughs> and, and I feel like AI is going to be the same way. I mean, everybody's talking about it. They're seeing little demonstrations of it. You know, people are experiencing good and bad of it. But when it becomes behavior, that dictates that's like unseen you know it just dictates you expect it um you know to me that's a few years off but there's so many forces i think that are driving at that everybody's developing the stuff facebook's embracing it you know but then you've got google i mean google google still today whether it's going to go away or not who knows but i think still today drives a great deal of how websites are positioned, how websites are designed. And I think they're driving, you know, they, they want to keep everything. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, now to find a local business, um, quite often uh, we don't need their website. Their website has to inform Google. It has to tell Google what the phone number is and where the address is and what the hours are. But, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of consumers today that click three times inside of Google and and find themselves out of business and and never went to that person's website. So I think Google holds a lot of the reins on what role a website actually plays for a business. That's a good point. And you know, 
to think that there are still millions of websites out there that are effectively brochures. I mean, they missed the entire last 10 years of right. the, no of the content revolution. Um, so things do move slower than those of us who stay by worrying about what the next level of change is. And yet, uh, I was afraid that that type of thinking might put me into complacency a little bit, but no matter what happens, I think our new model, uh, in which we're effectively taking the rainmaker portion of the business, you know, we're a multi-line, uh, multi-product line company, um, and, and forming a new entity, uh, that is merging with an existing agency. One thing that we did not feel like we were going to try to do on our own was try to start an agency from scratch. Um, that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me at all. We'd done a lot of work on the technology side, and that was a valuable asset that allowed us to, uh, you know, remain the, the majority partner in this new effort. But really all we're doing is responding to what we're hearing, what people want, uh, and then also being able to be in a position to where if things do radically change with AI concepts, that, that's so much easier to deal with on a custom development level than it is from trying to make something one size fits all. Can you imagine the onboarding process when you when you have to start programming in? You know, effectively you're trying to create a person. Like they've got chatbots off the shelf, but you're going to have to personalize that even further. So it's interesting times, John. That's what I'll tell you. Yeah, it is. Hey, thanks for listening to the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. Um, are you an independent marketing consultant or an agency owner? You might want to check out the Duct Tape Marketing Consultant Network. It is a growing group of independent marketing consultants and agencies that are partnering and collaborating and using the Duct Tape Marketing tools and really scaling their businesses. So check it out at Duct Tape Marketing Consultant. Dot com. So, so is the new um, is the new venture live and uh, online, or is it still kind of in beta? We're, this is June of 2017 when we're having this conversation, but uh, um, is it ready to roll? Yeah, we've been moving pretty fast, but not that fast. So, basically, we announced what we were doing in May. Uh, as we're recording this, uh, the platform, as it's currently sold as an online SaaS, where you do a, a free trial and then you put in your credit card and then you buy. Um, that's coming off the market, uh, in a couple days. Mm. So that was the next necessary step. And then from there, um, I would say around August 1st, that would be a target date for when we start rolling things out. But we do have, you know, a, a substantial customer base that we're going to go to first, you know, what can we do for you? Uh, some of you have definitely been asking, so that'll be a way to kind of roll it out behind the scenes. Then, of course, you know, basically it becomes agency of record for a uh, copy blogger. Uh, and then beyond that, you know how it is. You just have to see what the reaction is, see what the further demand is, and tweak and, and go from there. Sure. So let's uh, change gears a little bit here. The um, I, I like asking people this question because, you know, you and I have been doing this for a long time, and you know, blogging seems easy to 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 us. Uh, but if somebody's starting out today, what would you tell them to? You know, and they wanted to build an online business or they wanted to build a brand. Uh, you know, what what advice would you give somebody starting out right now? Where should they focus? Well, uh, I came back to uh, writing on Copy Blogger this year after really being 
uh, you know, neck deep in, in development and other, uh, I guess you would call traditional CEO stuff. Sure. Uh, and I kind of got away from, from writing as much. So when I came back at the beginning of the year, I had already kind of decided that the, the thing people need to start with that most people don't, and, you know, even at the B2B content marketing level, these are high powered companies with big price, uh, ticket prices and uh, they have no documented strategy whatsoever, right? Like only 34%, according to Content Marketing Institute, take the time to document their strategy, what they're trying to accomplish, mm. which is insane. Now, now think about the average blogger and why thousands of blogs are started probably every week and a fraction of those ever stick around or succeed. And I think it's for the same reason, which is you've got an idea for a topic. Maybe it's something you're passionate about. Uh, that gets you going, but that's not going to sustain you, number one. And number two, uh, you're not really going to be mindful of attracting the right kind of audience. And the right kind of audience has to match what your actual goal is. Are you selling products, services, advertising, sponsorships, right? You have to have a general idea of what you're trying to accomplish. So I started uh, trying to document uh, the process I use and really all of us use inside the company when we're launching something new, um, the only caveat to that I'll say for a lot of stuff with uh, our existing audiences, I've been with them for a decade. So the most important part of strategy is knowing who you're talking to, right? You know that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have a good feel. I've got a good relationship with this audience. So it gets easier. But if you're just starting out, you've got to sit down and figure out why am I doing this? Who am I trying to reach? Uh, and, and my important point on that is choose your audience according to your own core values. Uh, instead of trying to put out content that offends no one, you'll just get ignored, right? It's almost like these days, if someone doesn't dislike you, then no one likes you, right? You're trying to, trying to engage heavily with some people. You're never going to please everyone. It's the number one mistake people make. They don't want to offend anyone. They don't want to get trolled. It's going to happen. You got to just deal with it. Um, then you got to know what type of information uh, do these people need? You know, what kind of journey do they need to go on in order to feel like they've been helped by me? I mean, that's they're the hero of their own journey, but they, you become a hero to them by helping them out. Right. Yep. Uh, you know, and then what's the order of that information? And then finally, it's how do you say it, which I think a lot of new bloggers kind of come, you know, they want to be writers. Uh, maybe they are accomplished writers with a great style and voice, and yet they're writing for themselves and not necessarily in the language and the, uh, you know, the, the t terminology of the audience. And that's fine. If you just want to start a blog and express yourself, great. But if you are trying to make a commercial venture out of something or, or promote an existing business, you really need to sit down and come up with a, a, a documented strategic plan. All right. So last question. Um, what are you most excited about right now? What's going on out there in the world or in your world <laughs> that, uh, that you're most excited about right now? Well, for the last four months since we launched, uh, I guess it's a little over four months now, uh, launching Studio Press Sites, I, I've been really into that um, because we tried to create something uh, that was unique, that filled a market need that we kept hearing uh, needed to be filled. So I have been jazzed about that, um, which is interesting because, again, I think some people thought we 
were just kind of taking Studio Press for granted. That wasn't the truth mm -hmm. um, at all. So I was excited to get back to that. And we've been experimenting with, you know, just what's going to work, right? You know, and you watch the conversion rates go up. And that to me is just the old school reason I started Copy Blogger in the first place, which is the thrill of using words and content that provide value in order to get people to buy stuff still to this day, never bores me. You know, I, I I'm not jaded yet. On the other hand, I haven't uh, done client based marketing since 2005 when I swore I'd never do it again. Well, what I swore is I'd never personally serve the clients again <laughs> in my role on the, on the new side of the, of Rainmaker. I am evangelist and trainer as opposed to the guy who does the work. So I'm excited about that because this is really a new animal for us. We've been a multiple, we've launched, I don't know how many things over the last 11 years. Um, and they've all succeeded and that's been all great, but this is a different animal. And I think it's, it's, uh, there's a need for it. And it's also a, a personal challenge. And that's what keeps me going each year, John. It's like, what can we do new and different that's going to excite me uh, instead of that feeling where I got to go to work? I never want to have that feeling, you know, and that's, I guess, what kind of drives me. Yeah, well, and there's no question the need for what you're talking about is immense and growing every day. And I think that where you have a really interesting spot is there are a lot of people out there that have the, the, the expertise and the partnerships and the services, but um, your technology platform, I think, is going to be, uh, in, in a way, an interesting test of, uh, you know, if that gives you a leg up or not. It, it has been interesting, and, and it did influence my thinking. Uh, we get pitched, you know, by vendors all the time for various things. You know, we had a company that had developed technology that made Q&A testing of SaaS platforms, um, you know, more efficient. So there, it's software with a service. And that's where you're, you're seeing the market evolve to. Um, standalone SaaS, unless it's for a very simple repetitive task, say something like Buffer or or uh, Edgar from Laura, um, mm -hmm. th those are great SaaSes because anyone can just sign up for it. It's not that hard. Figure it out. It makes your life easier on repetitive tasks. Um, once you get a little bit more complicated than that, uh, okay, let me put it this way. The hard part, despite all the technology advancements that we're seeing and continue to see, the hard part is the content itself. Yep. yep. So biggest, there you have it. Biggest source of stress for business owners today, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Brian, it's always great to catch up with you. Congratulations on the, the, the new ventures, and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon somewhere in Colorado. Absolutely. I would love to see you in October. Let's see if we can work that out. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I wonder if you could do me a favor. Could you leave an honest review on iTunes? Your ratings and reviews really help, and I promise I read each and every one. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. 
On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.